This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success podcast. I am your host, Brett Gilliland, and today we've got a motivational speaker, we have an author, and we have an entrepreneur. Aaron Broyles is in the office. How are you doing today, Aaron? I'm doing great, Brett. It's uh, great to be here. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you, man. It, uh, I know we go way back. We go way back. About an hour, right? <laughs> yeah, about an hour. About an hour. We had a nice little lunch downstairs at the <clears throat> Chop House, and now here we are. We're going to talk a lot of great things about you and your success <clears throat> over the years, and uh, really excited to hear your story today. No, that's great. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, heard a lot about you as well, so it's been great to finally get to meet you. Absolutely. So why don't you go back and just kind of <clears throat> fill our listeners in on uh, what's made you the man you are today, <clears throat> and uh, and just share that with our listeners. Sure. Yeah. So I love to start things. That's primarily what I do. i I've done a lot of startups, built businesses and and sold them. And uh, I've been involved in a lot of uh, different industries. And so I've kind of got business ADD. I'm all over the place. Uh, but I do some speaking and writing. And I wrote a book called Do Great Things. And before I ever started my first business, I wanted to know and kind of get into the head of an entrepreneur and understand what makes them tick. And so I just read a lot of biographies on great entrepreneurs and kind of pulled that out. Um, and that really kind of became the basis for the book and, and especially for me starting my first business as an entrepreneur. So um, that's a big part of me. I enjoy that. I've got four kids and an incredible wife, and she is the perfect entrepreneur's wife. Um, <laughs> she uh, got sick of me talking about starting a business for years and finally told me either go do it or stop talking about it. So uh, that's shaped me to a large degree and, and, uh, and my children as well. And so I'm at a point right now where it's, it's just a fun time to be in business and, and to be involved with the family and see my kids growing up. The most important thing in my life really is my relationship to Jesus Christ. I'm a strong Christian. Um, and I've realized that that shapes me more than anything. So I, I try my best to be in the word every day and uh, be committed uh, from that perspective, that's made an enormous difference for me. Right. Well, it's probably made you why you're so successful is the fact that you're making good, sound business decisions based on faith. And Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, won't you also talk about, um, you know, at lunch we were talking about the, the, the opportunistic side of or the mm. opportunity to help others see things that they don't see. Yeah. So that's a passion of yours. And so let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that, always intrigued me was watching people who can start a business or see something that other people don't see and capitalize on it. That's just always intrigued me. And as I read through the great entrepreneurs, Henry Ford's a great example of this. You got Ford in 1908, uh, starts Ford Motor Company. He is now in an industry where you got 250 auto manufacturers all building cars for one segment of the population, the extremely wealthy. And you have Ford who sees something different than those other 250 manufacturers. And he recognizes if we can change the way an automobile is built, we can now open the market up to the common person uh, with the assembly line and, and uh, so forth. And so that was his idea. That's, he saw something that really everyone else completely missed and capitalized on it. By 1928, one out of every two vehicles in the world is a Ford. So just absolutely amazing. You just fast forward into the 50s and you've got Ray Kroc. This guy was selling milkshake machines <laughs> to a couple brothers, McDonald's. Uh, they had, I think, about eight locations at the time. And he sees an opportunity that the McDonald brothers completely miss. He recognizes, okay, we're, we're seeing a baby boomer generation unfold, uh, the expansion of the interstate system. And he realizes there are going to be people on the move more and more. They're going to want to buy food fast, 
franchising could be a way to expand quickly. And so he buys the entire company for a couple million dollars. And today, the McDonald brothers, their family has not participated in anything that's happened financially in that company. I did not know that. Yeah, it's quite intriguing. So again, there's a guy who saw an opportunity that other people completely miss. And I'll just give you a more uh, current reference, Howard Schultz with Starbucks, yeah. right? So Schultz is a coffee bean buyer and he's out there buying coffee beans for the company. He's overseas, he's in Europe, and he sees that people are sitting down paying $5 for an espresso milk-based drink. And he takes the idea back to Starbucks and, and they completely miss the opportunity, he eventually gets the company and unfolds this idea that turns into the massive uh, business that it is today. So how, how do you get into the head of those kinds of people? How do you think right. the way they think? And so um, there's, there's three ways to do this. And what I've recognized, Brett, is that it doesn't matter. You, you, it doesn't matter what your background is, what your experience is, level of education. Anyone can think this way. And it's not only applicable in business. This is, if you can think in this way, if you can start to see opportunities others don't see, you can see opportunities in your children that their teachers don't see. You can see opportunities in ministry or even in a job. You can start to see things that other people don't see. And so there's really three components to that. The very first one is asking the right questions. So think about the way that you think. All right. So I'll give you an example. Let's say, you know, you're on the street and someone comes up and pushes you and, and kind of gets in your face. What's the first thing that goes through your head? Oh, you're going to smack them. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, like, why are you doing that? Like, why, why is yeah, treat me that way? Right. What's going on? What, who is this person? Is this a friend of mine that's messing with me? Right. Is, are, you know, am I in trouble? Do I need to run? Do I need to punch him? Do I, you know, what do I do? So the way the brain works is we run through a litany of questions, and it's just the way that our, our brains process information. Well, here's the problem. We're not very deliberate about the questions that we ask ourselves. So we're just kind of asking ourselves whatever questions come to mind without really thinking it through. An entrepreneur, a really good one, people who can see opportunities others don't see, they are asking themselves different questions than the average person asks themselves. And so... If you can frame up a question that doesn't presuppose an idea, you can start to open your mind up to new things where you could start to see things that other people aren't seeing. And I'll, I'll just give you an example. Um, working out. I hate to work out. I always have. I'd much rather be on a computer than hitting it in the gym. I just despise having to work out. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, why can't you just work out once and then be healthy for the rest of your life, right? Be nice. <laughs> And, and so what kind of question is that? I mean, that's, that's not an effective question at all. Why does working out have to be so difficult? Again, not a very effective question. So as I'm researching this, I thought I'm going to play a little game with myself and I'm going to start to ask myself different questions. So I started to ask myself, what if I could work out every day and love every minute of it? What would that look like? Hmm. And so by asking myself that one question, over a period of time, it didn't happen immediately, but I asked that question every day. All of a sudden, it was like a light switch went off, and I started to see things I had never seen before. I coached soccer, and I realized, okay, next practice, I'm going to put my umbros on and my soccer shoes, and I'm going to work harder than any one of those kids on the field. And I'm sweating my tail off, made me a better coach. I loved every minute of it, and guess what? I was having, I was exercising. So you just reframe the mind on those questions. I mean, that's what you're really doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's true. I mean, I, I don't enjoy exercise. My wife is phenomenal and disciplined and, and way better than I am, but it's hard, right? So yeah. how, how do you, okay, I get that. I want to I ask myself the great question. Then how do you implement that? Okay, yeah. So and we'll for, go to number two and three in a minute, but I want to yeah, how do no. you implement that? No, absolutely. So what you have to do is you have to design questions in the important areas of your life. And they have to be questions. I want you to think about it like uh, geometry when you were in school. In geometry, you got several givens, and then you were to go solve the problem, right? And so the brain is like a superhuman computer. It's constantly working. And so if you ask it the right questions, it will go to work. And in the background, it will deliver answers for you. So you need to design some questions in the important areas of your life. And the way you do that, it's kind of like you meet with a realtor. What do you do when you meet with a realtor? 
you list everything that you want, right? And those are your givens. Hey, we need a four bedroom house. It needs to be brick. It needs to be in this particular neighborhood. It needs to be a two car or three car garage. It needs to have a basement. So you list all these things out and then the realtor goes to work to find the answer. Here is what meets your criteria. So you think about anything important in your life, whatever that is, if it's exercise, great, then I wanna be healthy. I wanna exercise on a continual basis but I want to have fun doing it. I want to be motivated. Maybe I'm a social person. I want to be interacting with other people. So I start to list all my wants. And by doing that, I design a question that takes into account those, those deliverables that I'm looking for. So that's really step one. And then you ask yourself every morning, you wake up, tape it to the mirror, put it in your car. It doesn't matter. Ask that same question every single day to keep your mind focused on that potential solution. I like that. I'm a big believer in putting the things in front of your face every single day, right? How many people put together a business plan or a life plan and then they, it looks all nice and fine and, you know, on January one, but then it goes in the drawer and people never pull it out. Right? Yeah. Well, I love this. I'm sitting in your office and I'm looking at your windows <laughs> and you've got notes written all over your windows. Yeah. I, that's awesome. It's right yeah. there in front of you. What a great idea. Yeah. So you did. I mean, I'm a, like I said, big believer when you said put it on the, uh, on the mirror. I mean, I've, I've done that before. I mean, it, you got to get it in your life to become a habit, right? Whether yeah. Yesterday, somebody was in here and they were talking about 21 days or 22 days or 60 days, whatever it is to make a habit. You, yeah. you can hear a million different ways to do it. I don't care what the day is. Just make it a habit. If it takes you seven days or 70 days, it doesn't matter. That's make right. It a habit. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, uh, so ask great questions. I 100% agree. I always say ADT, ask, don't tell. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If I tell you, then it's just me saying it. If right. I ask you a question and you come up with the answer, yeah. it's the gospel, right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. What's number two? Number two is notice the trends. You've got to notice what's happening around you. So often we've got trends happening that we're not picking up on and we don't realize the bigger picture of what's, what's actually happening to us. And so I think that's incredibly important. You think about from a trading perspective, you talk to you know any, any folks in trading, they'll talk about things or trading sideways or it's trading down. Uh, you want to go left to right in an upward position. So think about your marriage for anybody who's married. Your marriage is doing one of three things right now. It's either getting better, getting worse, or staying the same. It's one of those three. Yep. So how is it trending? Your relationship to your kids, to your boss, to your employees, to your customers, what is happening right now? And so start paying attention to the trends. And so people who see opportunities others don't see, they're always connecting the dots because they think in that way. And so I, I started doing that in my life. I, I took the top 10 things in my life and then I just started following the trend and I did a scale of one to 10. And every Friday I judged myself, my relationship to my kids, where's it at right now? And man, you could you can see parallels in your life. Maybe you're dealing with a stressful project. And then all of a sudden, man, I'm trending down with my relationship with my wife and kids right now. You, you just start to see things that you didn't notice before. But when you start thinking that way, then you'll start to see opportunities. You'll start to put things together. Maybe someone's going through a difficult time and you'll think beyond, well, they're just having a bad day. Maybe something else is going on. Maybe there's something else that's connected there. And you start to see how it's all fitting together. It's just a different way to look at, awesome, at yeah. the world. That's very profound. I like that. And the, the grading system is huge. Right? Yeah. Because if you want to be better and, and you see a downward trend, well, then the only person that can change it is you, right? That's exactly right. If, if it's not, if you don't know it's trending down, then you don't know that you're in trouble. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. Yeah. And if you don't make the change, then you don't really care. So then why are you grading yourself? Right? Yeah, right. Right. Well, what's number three? And number three is see the big picture. So when you're asking the right questions, noticing the trends, you will start to see this tapestry unfold before you and you'll start to see big picture. When I started thinking this way, it's just incredible. I mean, I started seeing opportunities. I used to ask myself, you know, what kind of business could I be involved in that would match my personality, that would be fun, that would be cutting edge. And then I started noticing what was happening around me. And then as I was looking at the big picture, I started to see these opportunities unfold. I went from not having any ideas for what to start to I had 100 and I didn't know how to stop it at that point. So it, it really uh, being able to see that big picture. And I'll give you one example of that. My wife, before the days of GPS, um, 
my wife should probably not be happy with me sharing this example, but you know, she would get lost a lot, right. not very good with directions. And so, you know, I would get phone calls all the time. I would be at work and she would call and say, Hey, I'm completely lost. How do I get out of here? And you know, in those days I would log into Google earth and say, okay, what street are you on? And I could navigate her out. And, and the way I did that was that I saw the big picture. And so when you see from a 50,000 foot view, when you start to step back, you will start to see how the tapestry is unwinding, how it's all put together, and and that's where your opportunities reside. And how much time would you say you spend on the fifty thousand foot view? So if I if I were you know the big brother and watching you every single day, yeah, how much of your Monday through Friday are you spending looking at the fifty thousand foot view? Well, every Sunday night I review my goals for the week and what my game plan is for the week, and then uh, I ask myself the important questions. I do that every Sunday night, and I've got it as a standing reminder on my calendar. And then somewhere in the middle of the week, I'll, I'll do the same. You know, it might be Wednesday or Thursday, and I'll schedule that in depending on what's happening. Let me interrupt you there. So, so Sunday night, you're in your office or in your bed, doesn't matter wherever you're at. Yeah, yeah. How do you do that? You're looking at your calendar? What's yeah. the process? I've got it as a standing reminder on my calendar. I've actually got several things that I do in that time period. But what I'm doing is I've got notes in a standing meeting. It, it revol- You know, it goes every week. Every Sunday night, it hits. And it's a reminder to me to sit down and look at what my big goals are, what I've got planned, and then what I'm going to do each day through the week and how I'm going to accomplish those goals. And in there are my questions, my important questions on those important pieces. And, and I do my grading then of myself to how things are trending, where things are. It's kind of where I do the analysis of what's going on for the week. Because yeah. I think it's key. It's absolutely key. And I, I'm, I do the exact same thing actually on Sundays is, 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 look at the week and what am I going to do to make the biggest impact? Uh, Cause we can get so caught up in the day to day mundane type stuff. Oh yeah. You don't focus on that big picture. Right. So again, right. You, so you're doing it on Sundays, on Wednesdays. What else are you doing on that big picture thinking? Yeah. I, you know, I like to, you know, it's important for me to get things scheduled. So whatever your big goals are, you got to think about what do I need to do to accomplish that goal? And so getting that from your goals list or from a to-do list onto the calendar. So I use Outlook and uh, man, I've got my calendar loaded up and I'm trying to get activities actually scheduled onto the calendar because that's really where it happens, right? You can have a goal and talk about it and dream about it, but until you start taking specific actions that lead to that goal, you know, forget about it. So you as as little as I got to call, you know, person A and person B, instead of just kind of putting it on a piece of paper somewhere, you you put on there like at Wednesday, 10 o'clock, call Brett Gilliland. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, I've got four kids. And so I have really tried to be deliberate about spending individual time with each one of my kids. Mm-hmm. So that became a goal. A big goal was to increase and enhance the relationship I have with each of my kids. So how do I do that? What does that look like? Well, I came up with the idea, individual dating of each of my children. So every week I got another kid that comes up. Okay, time for son number two. We need to do something this week. What are we going to do? I'll get that scheduled. And that's where I may even sit down with them and ask them, hey, you know, what do you want to do this week? This is your week. You know, we got something planned and we'll, we'll actually get it on the calendar. So it's actually happening. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's going to mean a ton to them too, long term. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back. It's fun. We do a lot of different things, you know, get to pick out something that's important to them. And, and again, it, it just translates into real world, you know, if you just got the big goal, I want to have a better relationship. You got to get more specific. What exactly am I going to do to see that? Start with 50,000 foot view and then get it down to the five foot view. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you and I talked about downstairs. Um, it, it's, it becomes time where it's not about money, right? To yeah. where we talked about the journey versus, you know, so many people in, when we start businesses or whatever, we think about that day, right? I'm going to put my arms up in the air. I've made it. I'm on top of the mountain. But yeah, we talked about, we won't name names or who it is, but you know, somebody uh, that you know in your life that, that got that moment, right? They yeah. got a lot of money and then you found out they weren't the yeah. happiest part, right? Because, yeah. Not happy because of the money, but just happy because they, they lost the journey, the, 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 the deal they were working so hard for. And so yeah. they had to go back to it. Let's talk about that. Yeah, exactly. I, so I do have a good friend, you know, sold a company, very successful, had more money than he would ever need. 
And uh, we had lunch one day and he said, man, I'm just, I regret that I sold this company. You know, everything in his life was built around that company and around that success. And, you know, it's interesting and I'll sidebar here just a little bit, if you'll allow yeah, absolutely. me. Um, Tom Brady was interviewed uh, maybe six, seven years ago. He was asked the question, what does it feel like to have three Super Bowl rings? So what does he have now? Five? Yeah. More MVP, you know, I mean, when you look at his stats, there's a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it, right? And you think about it from a guy perspective, what more could a guy want? You're a good looking guy, you make millions of dollars, you're driving supercars, dating supermodels at the time. I mean, I I don't know. He's got it all. What else does this guy need from from the world's perspective, right? And so he's in this interview and he's asked that question and he, he pauses and he says, you know... There's got to be something more than this. He goes, I, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. And he goes, maybe it's got something to do with God. He goes, I don't know. I'm paraphrasing here. Sure. But, but he says, I, there's got to be more to my life than this. And boy, that just made me literally pause. Because you think about it, and I think this is the trap that so many of us fall into. You, you are always fooled into thinking it's the next thing that's going to make you happy, that's going to fulfill you. You know, for some people, it's if I could get to the, uh, a better house, better car, uh, the next promotion, the business, whatever it is, and you somehow have fooled yourself into thinking it's the next thing that's going to finally fulfill me. Well, very few people ever get to the pinnacle. So you're in this rat race and you don't even realize that you are. You're fooling yourself over and over and over again. And then you take a guy like my friend who sells the company. He's finally at the top. He doesn't need anything else. Well, he, you know, what was he chasing there? And so it really makes you think about what is important in your life. What is truly important? And how does that translate into my daily actions? Am I doing the things that I say are important to me? So how would you, what advice, what mentorship would you give somebody that's driving down the road right now? And they're like, yeah, man, what, what he just said is totally true. What's the process to go through to find out what's important in my life? Yeah. So first you got to figure out what you're focused on. You have to be focused on the right things. And I think, you know, to sit down and just brainstorm, I'm, I'm actually writing a second book right now, um, titled manifesto. Hmm. And so that book is all about writing a life plan and how do I figure out what's important to me? What's the most important thing for me, whatever that is. And so you know, first you got to brainstorm about all the things that you could potentially do that's in your life, what's important. And when you get that prioritized, then you have to announce, you have to do the analysis. Am I focused on what's most important? And that is so important because there's so many of us, we keep talking about, you know, uh, my family's really important, but I'm working 80 hours a week and I never see my family. Well, I'm working for my family. I mean, that's, you got to be real with yourself and say, am I really focused on what I'm saying? is most important. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to drive a Lamborghini Aventador on a racetrack wow. at uh, top speeds, you know, and I had a professional race car driver sitting next to me. And so we get in the car and we're lined up and we're on this track and I'm a huge car guy, but I've never driven <laughs> a car <laughs> like that. Right. Yeah. At that speed. And so we get on the track and I'm thinking, okay, his job here is to make sure I don't kill myself. That's why this guy is here. But I quickly found out he was a young 20-something guy. His, his, that was not his job. His job was to push me to the limit. And I didn't realize that until we got in the car. So we get in the car, and Brett, we're on this straightaway, and he's screaming at me to go faster wow. and get closer to the wall. And so I'm doing 155 miles an hour, and I'm an inch away from the wall, what feels like right. an inch away. And and I look, I start looking at the wall. I'm noticing the wall. And then what's going through my head is, oh my gosh, you know, what if I hit yeah, the wall with this, with this car? And he, uh, he, he sees what's happening and he's like, pull the car over, just pull over. And I'm like, okay. So I, I get the car pulled over and he said, listen, he goes, you cannot focus on that wall. He goes, that race car will go where you are focused. And wherever you place your focus, wherever your attention is placed, that's where you're going. So next time you get up to 150 miles an hour, you look ahead, you look to where you're going. And, and I thought, man, what a metaphor. Good perspective. It is. I just thought, what a metaphor for life. I heard Mike Huckabee once say, you spell love, T-I-M-E. Where you spend your time, where, you know, show me your calendar and your checkbook, and I'll tell you what's important to you. 
And so for whatever it is in your life that's important, that's where your focus has got to be. How do you define success in your life? Well, for me, I've probably got an interesting perspective here on it. Um, I don't really buy into uh, success from the standard definition. I've kind of had to unprogram myself. I, I believe that I'm a flawed person. I know that I'm a flawed person. I'm screwed up. I'm selfish. Um, I think about myself more than I should. Um, I'm a sinful person. I believe God created me, and I'm so jacked up. It's not even funny, and I'm just being completely honest with you. And so the only hope that I have is that he made a way for me by sending his son to die on the cross for my sin. So that alone, if I accept him as Lord and Savior and I come into relationship with him, I come into relationship with the, with the God who created me, that is success to me. I mean, that's Beautiful. it. And, and then from there, everything else, you know, flows out of that. So that's first and foremost. Um, and that could be that he's called me to something that's not real pretty, uh, that might not be uh, by the world standards what looks great. Um, but man, if you're at the center of his will, that is success, in my opinion. It's a great definition. I like it. I like it. And it what's motivates you and, and keeps you going and keeps you uh, on the straight and narrow, right? Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> what, um, so when you look at, you know, you've started two businesses and, and sold two businesses. You've taken time off and done the traveling around and writing and speaking, and now you're back at it, right? Yeah. You're back at it. You're, you're pounding the pavement every day, two new startups. What is it about you that uh, says, I got to have more? And I don't mean that in a negative way. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I would probably be that way as well. But what is it about for you now? What's, what's the purpose now? Yeah, so for now, you know, a big part of it, I think, is the opportunity to have influence in people's lives. Um, and the way to do that for me, the way it translates for me is to do what I'm, what I'm made to do. And so, uh, the speaking, the writing, starting businesses, I mean, that's, I, I enjoy doing that. I feel like I do that well. And so that's what I'm supposed to do. And so that drives me more than anything. I enjoy being out there and having the opportunity to make impact in other people's lives. Um, I, and the only way I know how to do that is to do what I've been wired to do. Yep. And so it's hard to get away from it. I did take some time off. I sold a business in 2014 and I took a couple of years off and I know you and I talked about this at lunch. I didn't cut my <laughs> hair. I didn't shave. <laughs> I'd come out of the grocery store and people were giving me money. And, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I look like a homeless person. <laughs> And I, uh, I'm a hunter, so I was in camouflage one day, and some lady thought I was a Duck Dynasty star. And, you know, it was just. And if great. you saw him now, he's he's about as clean cut as you can get. <laughs> which, so it's kind of funny. Yeah, it, my wife didn't know what was happening, yeah. so you know, it was just good to take a step back and kind of breathe, yeah. and uh, to really get some perspective. It was really great to do that and really see what's important. But after a period of time, you know. I couldn't sit idle. I just couldn't do it. it right. I had to get back at it and do something. And, and so I think, uh, that drive, uh, is important. You got to have that in your life. You got to be moving forward and looking for those opportunities that, that fit you. Yeah. And I think, um, where I see some people and failure is not even the right thing, but I think there's fear that comes into us, right? Like for me, and I think hearing you talk, we'd be a lot alike on this. I get stressed if I don't have a lot of chaos going on. So yeah. Running companies and doing this and kids and, you know, my wife and I and all that stuff. Like if I don't have a lot going on, I get stressed out. So yeah. Would you agree yes, with that? Yes, I am exactly yeah. the And same so people way. are always like, how do you do all this stuff? It's kind of chaotic. And I'm like, well, I get stressed if I don't do it. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, but I think people can make a difference in their lives by um, not being so worried about the perfect timing. Right. I think so many people focus on, well, when the timing's right, I'll do X. Well, yeah. The timing's never going to be right. So talk to us about that for you. I mean, yeah. now, you know, some would say, well, you got one startup. The timing is not right for a second. I'm using air quotes, right? It's not right for a second startup, but obviously you're doing it. So I made a discovery before I ever started the first business. I made the discovery that uh, there is no perfect business because I analyzed every potential business that you could start and could not come up with one that was foolproof. It's just not possible. Yeah. They don't exist. And so what happened was I was on the sidelines. I kept identifying opportunities. I wouldn't make my move because I did not want to have anything that could potentially fail. 
I was looking for the foolproof, fail-proof business. And my wife challenged me and said, you know, you've got you to gotta make a decision. If you're really going to do this, at some point you have to do it. And so I started to realize, why, what's holding me back? Why am I waiting for the perfect timing, for the perfect business? What's holding me back? Because I found some opportunities that would probably be doable if I just invested the time and energy. And so I found out it was fear that was holding me back. And this was the fear I was dealing with. I did not want to fail in front of my wife. I cared more about what she thought, and and part of my identity was wrapped up in my success in my career prior to starting this first business. And I realized that if I fail in her eyes, that would be like the worst thing that could ever happen. And that truly is what was holding me back. And so we had the opportunity. We went to this conference, and Brett, both my wife and I, we were together, and I had this opportunity to walk across hot coals barefoot. Little Tony Robbins deal? It was actually 2,000 degrees. We did it in Chicago. And I'll never forget, you know, my wife went first and man, she railed right across that thing. And, you know, she got to the other side. She's high fiving people. And so it's my turn. But I have a lady in front of me and she gets hung up and she can't take that first step. And so for 10, 15 minutes, there's a coach right there. He's talking to her, trying to convince her that she should do it. And now it's like I'm the ice. It's like icing the kicker, right? Like I'm having to sit there and now think about what's about to happen. Yeah, and you feel the heat. You know, it's like when you open the oven and the heat just hits you in the face, and you're like, "Man, that's real fire down there." I mean, this is like this is not a pretend deal. Yeah, this is the real deal. This in October, by any chance, in Schaumburg? It was actually. It would have been, I don't know, eight years ago, seven, eight. I was at a a conference. Side note, I was just at a conference, and and we happened to be walking by when you guys were all doing this. Oh, no way! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, that is a small world. Yeah. So eventually, this lady goes, and so now it's my turn, and man, I'm like, I'm locked up now. I've been sitting there for ten minutes and feeling the heat, and I see the hot white coals, and this coach comes up. He puts his arm around me, and he goes, "You want to know the secret for getting across this thing?" I said, "Yeah, please tell me." He goes, "I'll tell you what it is." He goes, "Make the first step." And he goes, when you make that first step, you'll easily make the second, the third, and the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's going to go. And I said, okay. So the first step's the scariest. I think in anything that you do, if you start a business or you do anything new, take a new job, move, whatever it is, that first step is so scary. But if you can just force yourself, to t- once you've done the homework and the due diligence and you know this is a good opportunity, you just, you got to take that first step and the second, and the third and fourth will come naturally. We do. Just, just like getting out of bed in the morning, right? You just yeah. got to get up. You got to get out of bed. You got to get going. That's right. That's Never exactly right. So you, you spoke about fears and I asked this question to every, every person. Um, how many of the fears that you put in your mind uh, and we, we, we blow them up in our minds, right? They're going to be bad. Bad right. things are going to happen. Yeah. How many of those fears actually happened to you in your life? Yeah. Well, you know, none that I've really, <laughs> I, I laugh because it, it's everybody who says that, right? Yeah. But we're all guilty of having, and those that are listening that have those fears in your mind, you've heard all these guests now for like 11 straight weeks or whatever it's been, you know, talk about it. Yeah. You know, Zig Ziglar, I had the chance to meet Zig in Texas several years ago. And one of the things he talked about that day was false evidence appearing real, which is an acronym for fear. And, you know, it is so true. Oftentimes we take what scares us to death and we elevate it and we, it paralyzes us. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Was it paralysis by analysis type stuff? Yeah, exactly. And I was caught up in that for a long time trying to, trying to invent the perfect business because I wasn't willing to step out there and just do it. Yep. So I've got my answer to this question, uh, but for for you, what is it that keeps you inspired and motivated, right? Because not every day is just a, you know, rose colored glass type day. It's not hunky dory, whatever you want to call it. It's not that day. But people ask me often, what keeps you motivated? What keeps you inspired? What would you say is that answer for you? Yeah, I think for me, it's pushing beyond what's comfortable and doing something different. So getting myself outside that comfort zone and being willing to do something I've never done before, that excites me. So I like setting big goals, making big plans, pushing the envelope to see how far can we go. What What is it that we can do next? That excites me, keeps me fired up. I, I oftentimes find myself being in trouble when I've built a business and it's built up and then I'm sort of bored and I'm like, okay, what now what do we do? Yeah. 
And so that really, and that just dials into my personality. There's other people that that, you know, wouldn't work for. And so maybe there's something different that motivates them. But I mean, hence the name of our firm, Visionary Wealth Advisors. I mean, that, that is, for me, that answer is you have to be so clear on your vision on where you're going and you have to have more than just, I want to do X. No, there's got to be 15 or 20 things under X, why that's important to you. Yeah. And then once you have that vision, I always say, when you know your why, any how is possible. Yeah. Right. That for me is when I'm really, really clear on where I'm going, the motivation and inspiration is just there. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with that. I like yeah. it. So now how do you find on the days it is a struggle though? Cause we all have them. So yeah. How do you battle through and get through the struggle to, uh, continue to make an impact every day? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, a big part of it is discipline. It becomes part of your lifestyle. And so you think about anything else that you do in your life. I, you know, I had the chance to run a marathon uh, full uh, about two and a half years ago. And so that experience taught me a lot about myself and about pushing through. Cause if you're going to run a full, you know, you can train, you can run halves and 15 K's and that sort of thing and not have to put a whole lot of effort into it. But to run a full is like a whole nother game. I mean, you're working five, six days a week. You're changing your diet. I mean, your entire life revolves around this training. And so it's a completely different game. And so, man, did I learn a lot about discipline during that time frame. And so sometimes what happens is that you have to force yourself to do what you don't want to do so you can be what you've always wanted to be. Mm in the future. And so you have to keep reminding yourself that I'm doing what I don't want to do today so I can be what I've always wanted to be tomorrow. And so the way that I did that and what I found is that eventually you start to build up stamina. You know, if you're going to run a full marathon, you'll eventually get up and do a couple 20 milers. Well, the thought of doing 20 miles when I was running two miles was just, I couldn't wrap my head around what that looks like. And, and so discipline to me is exactly the same way. So the more disciplined you become, it's hard at first and it's hard to get motivated, but the more that you can push yourself outside that comfort zone and, and become accustomed to being disciplined, to not procrastinating, to working hard, the more that you can become accustomed, you'll build a tolerance up for it and it'll become more natural for you. And eventually you'll hit this point. And then I'll tell you, I had this happen when I was off for two years. I lost a lot of that. And when I first started, I'm, I'm back in two businesses right now. And the first couple of days that I spent all day working, I'm like, whoa, that, you know, <laughs> oh. what just happened? I'm not ready for this. So you, you do build up a tolerance for it. And I think it becomes part of the lifestyle. Yeah. I think it's what you said is your comfort zone. You just got to constantly challenge the comfort zone. Yeah. 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 Cause the daily grind, there's nothing fun about that. I mean, there's sometimes, you know, if you're in business development, you might have to make 20 phone calls and man, you're not in the mood to make 20 phone calls, but emotion follows motion. So if you can force yourself to make the first phone call or the second phone call, you kind of just fall into this routine. And next thing you know, you know, half the day's gone. Right. So I think that's important too. Just, just do it. Yeah. And scheduling, I think, is your point too earlier. Is, I mean, if you schedule that, those 20 phone calls or whatever it may be. Yes. Yep. You got to do it. So what, what risk, when you look back at your life, what risk are you happy you took? Oh, man. Uh, getting married. You know, anytime you get married, that's a risk. That was the best decision. You know, yeah. aside from accepting Christ, that was the best decision I could have ever made. You know, it's funny. I never thought when I'd ask that question, that's what I'd hear. I hear that more often now than anything. I guess I was, my wife and I, I was 22 years old when we got engaged. So I guess oh, I yeah. didn't look at it as a risk. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just knew. But I mean, it, it's funny that I'm hearing that a lot. That yeah. That, that's one of them. Yeah. So that one was a great one. Uh, starting the first business, obviously. I mean, that was a huge risk for me. Very yep. scary. Um, you know, uh, writing the first book, actually putting it out there when people could actually read what I wrote. That was scary. <laughs> it is scary. Because I think no matter how successful you become, I think you would agree with this, is that what do I really have to say that's that, you know, I struggle with that with this. I struggle with that. I would love to write oh, yeah. a book one day. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, who, who am I, right? We all say right. to, to write a book. And so yep. I congratulate you on that. That's a big deal. And Thank you. a huge risk. And, and now you. you're doing it again, right? You yeah. You the first step and now you do it again. And yep. who knows, maybe like Zig Ziglar and you have all sorts of books. But, <laughs> uh, what would you do right now? How would you spend your time if you knew you couldn't fail? Yeah, that's, I love that question. I've asked myself that question many times. Um, and that's a scary question to ask. It is. 
Because then you think, oh man, well, if I couldn't fail, what would I do? What would I actually do? You know, I can honestly tell you there isn't anything right now that I haven't gone after, um, you know, that really, if it's something that truly scares you, you have to find out why. I think that's incredibly important and find out what it's holding you back um, because the fear of failure is a big deal, but you have to figure out what it is. Is it that you've placed your identity in the approval of others or in not failing or whatever it is? I think you have to deal with some things there. And, and that's why, you know, for me, my faith in Christ is so important because that's where my identity comes from. So it doesn't matter if I fail, you know, doesn't change anything about who I am. The failure does not define me. And in fact, most entrepreneurs, that's where success comes from is repeated failure. Yeah. You know, that's how you figure it out. For me, I was very fortunate because I got to read for 10 years about all these people who did fail and make tons of mistakes. So I think I learned a lot, which helped me avoid maybe some of those pitfalls. Um, but, uh, man, if you're asking me, there's one thing that I'm passionate about that I would love, I wish I could really do. It'd probably be to play lead guitar in a rock band or a blues <laughs> band. <laughs> I like that. That's actually one of my next questions. Like that. So that's, uh, that's, you just went ahead and answered it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You're so in the front row singing what, what's the movie quote, Leonard Skinner and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we won't go there. Uh, what's your, what's your habits and rituals? I think most successful people have their habits, their rituals. I don't know if you're a morning guy, if you're a, you know, do it at night guy, what, what, what are your habits and rituals? Yeah. So the habits crazy important because, and the ritual, whatever it is that works for you. And I'll be honest with you, I've done a lot of different approaches trying to figure out what's dialed in, what works for me. Um, so definitely morning is my, I'm, I'm more alert. Uh, probably more effective in the mornings than I am in the afternoon. So I'll schedule certain things in the mornings that I otherwise wouldn't for the afternoon. I kind of move things around depending on the schedule, um, but not too early in the morning because I'm a coffee guy. So I got to have my coffee. Yeah. So if it's a really important meeting, important phone call, important interview, whatever it is, it might be a mid morning. That is my prime time at like 10 o'clock. So I will schedule my most important things in that prime time for me. Now, several years ago, before I got hooked on coffee, the afternoon was my prime time. Man, right after lunch, I was like, you know, hitting on all eight yeah. cylinders. Not so much anymore. I got to. Well, it's one thirty after lunch. If this is this... not your prime time, then I want to see your prime time. <laughs> yeah, you're, is... uh, you're high energy, man. I love it. Well, I, I try to be. It's it, mo a lot of the coffee driving yeah, that from right. this morning. <laughs> but the habits are really important. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. Um, that is what drives uh, everything really is the habits that you develop in your life. So, so incredibly important and having the right habits. And I think that's why you got to know, okay, what my big goals are, what do I need to do to accomplish those goals? That needs to become habit for me, yeah. part of my lifestyle. Those are big. What, uh, what would you say now you're, you're most passionate about that you wish you could spend more time doing? Well, always with the family more and more, you know, with four kids, my kids are heavily involved. They're in sports, activities, everything under the sun. So I feel like things are constantly stealing time for us to really spend quality time together. Um, so I have to be more diligent about planning those things out. So, you know, we're doing some creative things, trying to get better, but I, it could always be better. I could always, man, if I could figure out how to carve out more time. One of the things I did years ago when I started the first company you know, I got to this point where I realized the more time I work, the more money I could make. And I remember telling my wife, boy, if I could really turn it on and, you know, put in 13, 14 hour days, boy, I could really make things happen. And that's when I realized that this could become addictive, that I could really get caught up in it and, and lose myself in it with the family. So I made a commitment at 530 at night, I'm home. And I am there from 5.30 to 8.30. I'm not going to miss any games. I'm not going to miss anything unless I'm traveling. But I didn't do a lot of traveling, so it was easy to pull that off. And then from 8.30 on, I'm back on email till midnight or 1 o'clock yeah. or whatever. And so that decision a long time ago really put me in a position where my kids, you know, I haven't missed anything. And so, man, I, I am so glad that I'm in that position and not looking back saying, boy, I regret right. that I missed. So, um I, if I could find and carve out more time, I would. I mean, I just feel the years. You, you get the sense. My oldest is a freshman in high school, so in three years, he's off to college. You just start to sense that time is going fast, yeah. and you want to take full advantage of it. Well, I mean, I think, too, I mean, I know 
you know, my parents will probably listen to this. I, for me, my dad, you know, he worked, was successful, didn't miss a thing. My mom was always there. And, and for me, uh, then, you know, for, for those people listening that, that do choose work over some of that stuff, sometimes it does affect the kids, right? So yeah. I remember getting to the professional world. I'm like, I want to do exactly that. That's I don't awesome. miss kids stuff, right? Yeah. So I think we got to build it in the calendar. I mean, you can ask my team here. It says on my calendar, you know, what time I go home. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so it's, uh, it's important. I mean, yeah. It's very, very important. That What's, is. Um, so some fun questions here. Let's talk about, yeah. I give you, uh, I write you a check today, 10 million bucks. Yeah. Okay. You can't pay off debt and you okay. can't give it to charity. <laughs> okay. All right. What's Aaron Broyles doing? Oh man, $10 million and I can't give it to charity. Yeah. Of course, that's what exactly. everyone answers, Everybody's right? Everybody's going to say that. It's going to be boring. <laughs> it's of course, we're going to give them to charity, but yeah. you know, this you cannot. Yeah. All right, man. That's a good question. Well, I'll tell you what, I am, wh one of my weaknesses is that I, uh, I love a lot of different things. I have a lot of different interests. And so I call that a weakness because sometimes, you know, you're into so many different things. Right. <laughs> you can't stay focused on one. I love classic cars. My dad used to run an auto body shop. So I would probably get insane and, and buy some classic cars, uh, that I don't have. Um, I would probably want to do some cool adventurous stuff that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do with that sort of money. That would be really kind of fun. Probably planning some events and some things that, uh, that puts you in a position where you can spend quality time with the people that you love and, and care about. So doing some fun, exciting events that, that you, you know, could use that money for, like, I'm a huge Eric Clapton fan. I'd pay and have Eric Clapton come play for a big party. You know, I mean, this, this, I feel like, I like Brewster's it. millions, that exactly. Richard Pryor yeah, movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he spends $30 million in 30 days. Um, and then, you know, of course I know you said wouldn't give to charity, but man, there are, when you think about the economy that we live in today compared and go to any third world country and you'll see what's going on there. It, it is scary, um, how wealthy we are and we don't realize it. And so I think that's something that, uh, I'm going to break the rules a little bit here, yeah. but I think you do have to look at, and, and that goes for all of us. I mean, if you have running water, if you have a toilet in your house, you are in the top percentage yeah. of earners in the world. And it's really scary to think of that and that we're going to be called account. I think God is going to call us to account of what we've done uh, with what we've been blessed with. And so I think that's a wake up call to me personally, and then to anyone else that, that, that may get their attention. So I, I feel like I have to say that because I think we got to look for opportunities to give in ways. And I know you've, you and your wife are involved in, uh, in cancer, um, mm -hmm. raising money and awareness there. And I, I think that is just so important that we're using, if you've been blessed and you've been gifted in a certain way, we are called to use those, um, you know, for God's glory. Yeah. And so we got to look at that. But that all being said, the fun stuff, definitely probably the yeah. classic cars, you know, I'd really get crazy and, right. and do something really cool and exotic. Well, I also don't want to make people feel weird and feel like they have to give the $10 million to swing for hope, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to take that out of there. No, but I, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think I was at a conference. I was really, you know, new in the, in the, in the professional world, and the guy said, you know, if you take a living from a community, you must give back to that community. And that yeah. just stuck with me. And, and so now we're, you know, our foundation's 11 years old. And, and uh, but it's, it's with great people, right? And you surround yourself with great people in the community and great things happen. And, yeah, and that's absolutely. how we're all able to do what we do. So, yeah, no, so on the awesome. same kind of the same side, and you mentioned experiences. Um, my, my friend Andrew Davidson and I always talk about this, and, and we talk about life experiences and kind of what's at the top of that bucket list for you. So, what's that? I don't know if you, if, do you have a bucket list? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, what would you say is the top of that bucket list right now that, it, that, that experience that you want to go create? Yeah, man. Well, I've got a huge bucket list. I got all kinds of things that we've been slowly ticking off over time. A lot of it now is really around my kids and planning different things together that we have as bucket list items. Uh, I mentioned Eric Clapton earlier. I would love to meet him. Um, I've uh, enjoyed being in situations where I've been able to meet and interact with people uh, that are inspiring, that really uh, get your attention. They've done something different. It's just fun to have that opportunity to interact. But man, for my bucket list right now, um, probably hiking the Grand Canyon uh, rim to rim. That's been one that's been on the list. I'd like to do that with my boys. 
I would absolutely love, love to, to go to together. That. My wife and I were just talking about bucket list last night. We got on the website and looked at the Grand Canyon. Oh, to do that. no this way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'd never thought about that, but she started talking about it last night. So, oh yeah, I've been looking at that one for a while. I've had a few, I've been able to tick off a few in the last couple of years, which has been a lot of fun. One was, uh, on an elk hunt and I'd love to do a hunt in Alaska. So we've been looking at that here, maybe yeah. coming up. And again, with my boys, uh, doing some of those experiences. And then my daughter, we do a lot of daddy daughter stuff too, but that's man, what we're doing together is very different than what I'm doing with my boys. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> a little crazy. I only have boys. So I only know the craziness <laughs> yeah. of boys. So I, I can't even go there. So that's good. And I think for those listening too, if you don't have a bucket list, I mean, I would just challenge you. I think you would attest to this, you know, Aaron is, is that bucket list it, one, it's a fun deal to do, right? Whether you oh, do it yeah. by yourself or with your spouse. I mean, you just think about all the stuff and, and life is short. Create a bucket list. Make it happen. Mine's framed. It's in my home office. Oh, wow. Um, and That's so I've cool. got two frames because I've got 50 on one, 50 on the other, frame matted, all that stuff. And then uh, what I do is I go reprint it. Once I do one, I bolt it out on the list. And then so I keep an updated oh, version. Oh, man, so, what a great yeah, idea. So yeah. For those listening, you know, just, Food for thought, uh, I'd recommend it. So where can our listeners find more from you? And I know you do corporate talks and then you get your book and your next book coming out. And uh, where can we find more of Aaron Broyles? Yeah, so AaronBroyles.com. You can go there. Got videos. I, I do a radio program called Great Things Radio. It's one minute motivational that airs on Bot Radio on 91.5 FM, seven days a week. Um, and you can get all those spots on the website and then the book do great things any bookstore uh amazon wherever um you can find it or or through the website as well and i do enjoy speaking um so you know i'm always available for speaking engagements um which i i thoroughly enjoy doing so anywhere aaronbroils.com you should be able to okay. should be able to find a r o n b r o y l e s that's right .com Dot com. Got it. Yes. Last question for you, my friend, is uh, were you shocked by your success or did you envision it? Oh, man. Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. I, there was part of it that, uh, w- you know, when I started the very first company, I always felt like it would succeed. Um, and then at the same time, there's always part of you that really wonders, you know, will it will it actually happen? So uh, yes and no, you yeah. know. And then it happens. You're like, did that just happen? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I've had an absolute blast with you here today. And me too. Uh, man, yeah. Everybody's uh, what they've said about you has uh, come true in this podcast. I appreciate you spending the time. I know you're a busy man. You got a lot going on. So appreciate the time and you coming in today. No, thank you. I appreciate you having me, Brad. Thanks so much. All right. M- much success to you in your future. You too. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.